Hello, this is Pastor Arlene Romaine, and you are listening to Listen, Live, and Learn, where we listen to hear God's Word in order to live it out in our daily lives and learn by applying the scriptures about ourselves, our world, and our God. I'm so glad you're here, so let's get started. Welcome, my friends, once again from all over the world. No matter where you are, know that I have welcomed you right here into my home as I open up our Bible once again and begin to read from the scriptures on our behalf. I pray that your heart and your mind are open to receiving a word from the Lord. It is an amazing and mysterious gift that we receive when we read the word, though I may be the one saying what is written in the scriptures, it is the Holy Spirit that is working in your heart and opening your mind and enlightening you to whatever it is that God desires for you to know on this very day. And so I am so glad to be here with you once again. Welcome back, my friend. And let us begin by resuming our reading from the Gospel of Matthew. We left off last time at Matthew chapter 12. And we will begin to read this day at verse 22. And we will read through to verse 37. So let us see what God has in store for us on this day. Then the people brought to Jesus a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions 
unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven of human beings, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Today, Jesus is speaking to the religious authorities in these scriptures. That is important for us to remember whenever we read the scriptures, it is vitally important for us to identify the scene where Jesus is speaking, where in his ministry this event is happening, what events are occurring around this event, and whom it is that Jesus is directing his teaching to. Because if you notice, Jesus speaks very differently to the religious leaders than he does to the common people. Jesus does not condemn the average people that he comes into contact with. In fact, over and over again, he heals them, and over and over again, he forgives their sins. He spreads this good news of God's merciful salvation. He spreads this good news of God's kingdom to all who will listen. But to the religious leaders, he is particularly condemning. They were called to be God's representatives to the people. These are the folks that take authority for the word, take claim and authority for representing God in the world. 
representing God to the average person. And these particular religious folk, the Pharisees and the scribes, they have become very corrupt. Their religion has become a moneymaker. Their religion has become a source of their pride. They lift themselves up as better than everyone else. They claim to be closer to God. Hmm. Does that sound at all familiar to you? I've known people like that in my own life. People who claim to know Jesus and elevate themselves as the sole authority. Elevate themselves as though because they claim to know Christ, they are somehow better than others. Then they question your salvation. Well, I can tell you that if Jesus were here with us, he would be turning around and condemning them. These are the kinds of people that Jesus condemns in our scriptures in Matthew 12 today. Jesus has been traveling and teaching and touching and healing and performing miracles. And the people, these are the average people, bring to him a demon-possessed man who is blind and mute. And Jesus heals them, heals him so that he can both see and talk. And all the people are astonished and they, they proclaim him possibly. Could, could this be the son of David? But the Pharisees don't like it. Not one bit. They are beginning to turn to Jesus for authority on God, for healing, for setting people free of sin. These are things that the religious folk of Jesus's day took authority for doing, and they don't like at all that Jesus is taking authority. In fact, they've asked him by whose authority he does any of these things. They then accuse Jesus, the Son of God who takes away the sin of the world as being Beelzebub, the prince of demons. They claim that it's by a power of evil that he drives out evil from people. But Jesus knows what they're thinking. And he tells them that every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And if Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. Jesus is using logic here. Because those who are the religious authorities should be able to understand a logical argument. And he then continues on to condemn them. He likens them to being fruit trees, bad trees with bad fruit. He calls them a brood of vipers who say evil things. He, he, he 
accuses them of being filled with darkness, that their hearts were filled with evil. He goes on then to tell us that the only sin that cannot be forgiven is the heart that will not allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within. You see, when we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit that dwells within our hearts and teaches and corrects and convicts and guides and fills, fills us with the Spirit of God, with desire to be like Christ, like Jesus. But for those whose hearts are hardened, who refuse the gift of Christ's salvation, that Holy Spirit can never dwell within their hearts. Denying Jesus, refusing to believe that he is the Lamb of God who takes away sin, prevents us from receiving that gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And for those who refuse to believe in God's salvation, grace, and mercy in the person of Jesus Christ, who will never receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, surely they cannot be forgiven, for they have not accepted God's forgiveness. You see, that is the only unforgivable sin the denial of God's grace and mercy. We who believe are redeemed in an instant, and then the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us and begins to turn us into fruit trees that bear good fruit for God's kingdom set free from all our sins, no matter how grievous they may have been, knowing that we can stand before God blameless, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done on our behalf. You see, each one of us will give an account on the day we stand before God, but we who believe that Christ has set us free from our sin do so without fear. We do so covered in the mercy and grace of our Lord. And so we will not be condemned because we have already been set free. That is all we have for this week. I thank you so much for being here with me. I invite you to share this podcast with others, those that you think would benefit from hearing from God's word, pondering it and seeing how to apply it in our own lives. I thank you so much for your time this week and 
I ask God's blessing upon you. Take care, my friends. Until next time. Bye-bye.